Hi, I'm Shania. And I'm Evita. You are listening to Making It Woman in Film. A podcast where we sit down with women working in the film and TV industry to talk about their journey, experiences, advice, and the importance of diversity in front and behind the camera. And today we are joined by the Emmy Award winning Helen Huang. Her work includes American Horror Story, Harley Quinn's Birds of Prey, and the new Netflix rom com Holiday. So, how are you doing, Helen? I'm good. I'm good. You know, just getting back to work. So, it's a little bit different. post covid uh so just kind of getting used to that yeah can imagine um when Peter told me you were coming on the show i couldn't believe it because i just finished shooting a halloween inspired video and i was working with a stylist and she took a lot of inspo from birds of prey and american horror story so the day we finished shooting Avita told me we were going to interview you i just thought this is like crazy. <laughs> i manifested this uh, <laughs> um, i do have to say though birds of prey is mostly done up by aaron brock she did the whole entire film i did the additional photography but as in fact um a badass costume designer she is. And I think that's actually uh, ties into the show of perspective of how women, um, because the um, the director of Harley Quinn was Kathy Yen, how a woman director would allow women costumers the freedom of designing clothes for women mm-hmm. instead of a Marvel movie where the women's clothes are designed for men. Yes. Yes, and we will get into all of that because I think the costume <laughs> designing of Birds yeah. of Prey is just so, it's so essential to the movie. Um, yes. And I'm really excited to hear about that. Um, but now we just do want to talk about American Horror Story because I thought that was just so funny. Now, um, Shania has... Uh... <laughs> I grew up watching American Horror Story and that is kind of what got me into film in the first place. So to be talking with someone who's actually worked on American Horror Story, like I'm like a bit starstruck, like that's crazy to me. So, um, well, can you first just um, talk a little bit about how you got started in the industry? Um, And was it movies or was it costumes that came first? Um, Well, it actually was neither. Um, I was in school for painting. Um, I went to Art Center and I wanted to be an illustrator and fine artist. Um, But I came out of school in 2008. You guys are probably too young to remember, but it was a really catastrophic time um, in uh, the economy. And so I worked at a high-end jewelry store and um, Vogue actually comes in and pulls all the time in Los Angeles. And so you know, I was like, what have I got to lose? I thought I might, you know, go into editorials or styling or something because it was kind of close to art. And so um, I interned at Vogue in Los Angeles for a little bit. Um, And they taught me a lot, um, you know, in terms of they, they teach their interns like how to sort of think ahead and that's all a huge I think till this day I think it's one of those click turning moments in my life and in my career about how to approach something because there are approaches even if you're doing a mundane job because you're an intern or you know when you're costuming if you're a PA production assistant you the, the type of thinking you do is like forethought you know how you're completing a task and those things carry on to whether you're a costume designer a stylist a you know, it's just a type of thinking that 
um, propels you forward, you know? So you're finding out your own answers. Um, you are, you know, 10 steps ahead of people. Um, and then also, you know, Vogue teaches you to put in the long hours, which definitely does carry uh, after. And then um, I interviewed for a job with a, uh, a commercial uh designer and we did commercials. And then, um, you know, I was introduced to Deborah McGuire who did Friends and The New Girl. And, um, you know, I bothered her for like literally two years. So that's another thing. Don't ever uh, say no, um, especially with people who reply back to you because they will remember you when the time sort of comes. So I checked in with her like, hey, I'm in the union, you know, all that stuff. And she booked me on a commercial and then after that, she booked me on, you know, every show that she did. Um, and then, you know, with American Horror Story, um, I met Lou Eirich, who is the queen of AHS, the queen of the Ryan Murphy world. Um, and, you know, I became her assistant designer and she was such an amazing mentor. And, you know, AHS really changed how I thought about costuming in general, because Lou Eirich used... Well, I think in, in also because in American horror, like they they sort of encourage you to find these out of the box characters, you know, but Lou Eirich was really the one who taught me to like look at a person, feel sort of their vibe, then costume to that and really think about in depth about how you're going to do it. And she was also someone who uses a lot of vintage, a lot of found things, a lot of rentals and um you know, it just taught me, oh, you could make it as in-depth and as real and as nuanced as you want. You know, there is no one way to costume for TV. You know what I mean? And like you said, American Horror Story, the reason why it's iconic is because it broke all the rules for TV. It really did. Yes. And I think especially with all Ryan Murphy shows, American Horror Story, especially costume design the whole set location everything is so integral to the world building uh, and it really draws you in um now i was wondering you've worked across so many genres you know horror action uh now christmas film as well i was wondering what some things you've learned from creating costumes for such a wide variety in clothes are and for genres do you think that plays a big part when you start planning out the yes. costumes yes um and I think uh, again back to AHS that really taught you a lot about like genre and tone because they deal with so many um but I always say like when people get into costuming that we're not really stylists we're not really clothing designers we're costume designers and so costume designing is much more of an idea it's, it's from an idea. So if you've watched film, you know, like say you're doing a ghost, a ghost in Crimson Peak is very different than a ghost in, I don't know, like a horror film, um, like paranormal or something like that, you know, like it's two different tones of things. And so when you costume, you have to really understand the tone of where this movie is going and the tone of the director. And so you design from that. Is this beautiful? It does it have to be scary, you know? Um, is it, you know, just all these sort of like you, you, you base it off like things you've seen, emotions you felt. And so the, the costumes really um, start that way. 
you know, but it's very important. I would, anybody who's entering into it, I would say, watch a lot of films, learn the tones of the films. And then, you know, you could, you could see that way. Yeah, um, and with American Horror Story, um, obviously Ryan Murphy is a bit of a genius. Did he yeah. have a lot of input in the costume design or did he just leave it to you guys? Um, well, Ryan is, he does, because Ryan has a very specific point of view. That's why when you watch his um, shows, like they all sort of, even though they're different shows, they all have the same point of view. He loves drama, you know, um, he loves uh, beautiful clothing. He loves sort of outside the box type of things, you know. And so he definitely has that point of view. But in terms of, uh, he does give his costume designers like a lot of freedom to uh, come up with something that he likes. Um, and that comes from working with him and, you know, Lou working with him. It's just like about knowing him and sort of what he likes. But, you know, in that sense, if you've worked with multiple directors uh, more multiple times, you get that sense too. It's sort of like, um, you know, like everyone, all the directors, all the producers, they have kind of an idea, you know, but the costume designer's job is to take those essences and figure out what exactly they look like in terms of real clothing, you know? And so in that way, it's sort of like, if you're lucky enough to, to uh, get hired with someone like Ryan Murphy or um, other producers and directors who really trust their costume designers, it's an excellent, you know, relationship because you get to be so creative, they trust you, you know, um, so it's an excellent partnership. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he definitely has a very distinct style. I remember I was watching Ratchet and I didn't know he had created it, but I was watching, I was like, he, he, this is him. Like I could just, you yeah. know, feel it. Yeah. 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 But it's very dry, but Ratchet, if you look at it, it's very Lou Irish too. Look at her her um, sort of um, period things like, um, you know, um, American Crime and Feud. You, you see her stamp on it, you know? And uh, that's what the combo is, sort of like Ryan trusting his costume designer to fulfill this vision, but it's like a stamp of his style Yes, yes, beautiful. Now that actually ties into a, a listener question we had. Uh, you've practically answered it, but something else I want to talk about. And uh, it was E Scouts, and she asked, um, Do you get inspirations from individual costumes first or the whole vibe of the costumes as a whole? And so I guess when you do start planning out a project uh-huh. for the individual costumes, what's kind of your. Um, I, I guess your process. <laughs> process, process, that's the word. Yes. Um, well, each person is very different. For me, I'm very visual. So um, I look at a lot of references, uh, street photography. I look at a lot of photojournalism. Um, I look at paintings, you know, um, I'll look, you know, production design is a huge part of, of, um, the world building. And so I'll look at what the production designer is doing, their influences. And then you sort of, you know, depending on what it is, you sort of get an idea. But for me, a big part of it is uh, running the idea by the actor, because, you know, my philosophy is always close means nothing without people and context and culture. And so, um, you know, the actor, they're also thinking about it, what they want to look like, but in also in another sense, 
they're also performing in it. So I always try to ask, you know, how you like sort of the emotional things they come up with for the character. Um, and then during the fitting, I try to work out with them what they feel comfortable in, what, what, because, you know, even if you have the same idea, two different actors can look totally different in clothes. That's how amazing it is with people in clothes, right? And so you have to keep an eye on who you're transforming, you know. Um, Edith Head says costuming is sort of like a disguise, you know, also. And so I believe in that too. Like it depends on the individual. So once you get into the fitting, you'll figure that out and then you'll create layers upon layers. And sometimes the first fitting isn't right away. It's great. You know, you have to like kind of work it out. Um, uh, a big part of uh, costume design that I think people don't talk about is that it's a lot of problem solving we're problem solvers, you know? And so it's sort of like when you get in there, you might have this idea and the actor comes in and you try it on them and it doesn't work. Then you have to problem solve. You're like, how could I get it there? You know? Um, and I guess that's like the process. It's like a little by little by little thing, you know? Um, where else, you know, if you think about even something like Marvel or, you know, something like Lord of the Rings, where they build a lot of the stuff before the actors like come in, um, you still change it when the actors come in because, it's their essence that's on screen, you know, the clothes have to follow that. And so um, I hope that answers your question. Yeah, <laughs> it definitely. Sorry. No, no, I love hearing about that. Because again, it's like you say, it's it's about how you wear the clothes. Like it can look so, so different. Um, mm -hmm. And that's really important, especially just making sure that the actors and actresses feel comfortable mm -hmm. in it. Like, um, you know, we'll get back to Birds of Prey and that, but you can really see how different um, mm -hmm. Margot Robbie appears in the movies um, with the different outfit clothes. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, and with your work, you know, from American Horror Story to your latest A Holiday, you know, you can get to more different projects. Is mm -hmm. there one process you prefer more than other? Um, and are the processes of like costume design since they're completely different genres are they is it like different um yeah um well so on something like holiday um although we did build like make clothes um because it's contemporary you didn't really make a lot of the clothes um you know i'm on a project right now um for hbo and we're building a lot and i'm on an there's there's another project that i am doing um for Apple and we're building a lot of the clothes too. I guess it's sort of like the essence of it doesn't change, right? For me anyways, like you, you, you figure out the tone, you go over it with the director, you go over it with the actor, then you start fitting. The difference is just whether you buy it from a store or you're making it, you know, the, it's, it's quite similar. But I do have to say when you are building clothes, there's a lot more problems to figure out, you know? Um, because, you know, with uh, with like clothing designers, they have months to develop something, you know, when you are doing a movie or a TV show, you have like weeks to develop something. And so like the troubleshooting is um, is very like fast and like furious, you know. Um, but in terms of like what I like more, I mean, I like it all. I think I enjoy. I, en I enjoy making things, but I also enjoy contemporary because I feel like. Uh, I guess this goes back to like traditionally women in film because I started out on TV like about 10 years ago 
And especially in TV, women were dressed in a very kind of niche way. You know, you're like the quirky girl or you're like the hot chick or you're like the mom. So people, so the women were dressed not really how women dress. And I always wanted to sort of change that. So that's why, even though I like making things and doing the more challenging projects, I like doing contemporary because I like, you know, contributing to that, the dialogue of how women should dress. Like in Holiday, I feel like Emma Roberts, like really, um, her character Sloan really embodied that in terms of like really what we try to do is like she's not dressing for the male gaze you know she's dressing in clothes for women and um you know for what they wear privately and publicly and so um yeah i think contemporary wise i just like contributing to that type of conversation and also i think now it's gotten more like better right how women dress on tv i don't know if you guys have noticed it's because there are more women creators you know letting women costume designers have a voice uh, whereas men creators before, you know, just kind of want women to look pretty. Either they're pretty or they're moms and they're not pretty. And that's really boring to me, you know. What's your experience with um, representation behind the camera? Have you worked with mostly females? Because it's really interesting when we ask this question because I feel like we get a, a bit, you know, variety of different answers. So. Mm -hmm. Well, um, behind the cameras, I would say they have just started um, giving women more of a chance. Um, and I think I answered this question a while, uh, a little bit ago, uh, you know, cause they were talking about different types of representation in the back of the camera. And one of the things that people used to say is like, are they qualified, you know? And like, to me, that's, that's cheap because if women weren't traditionally allowed to do these things, then how would they get the qualifications? If you're a minority, you know, um, and you weren't traditionally allowed into these roles, how would you be qualified, you know? And so when qualified is a cheap shot, um, but now they are trying to get more women behind the camera trying to give them more of a voice. But I think um, it's still an ongoing process because, you know, they do hire the women, but do they let them have as big of a voice as when they hire men? is a thing. So it's um, kind of performative, right? They hire a woman, they hire a minority, but they don't give them the voice to make all those big decisions that they should be going for, you know? Um, you know, I've seen a lot of more women DPs, but again, that's also like a newer thing. Um, more women production designers, but again, that's a newer thing. In costuming, we are traditionally more of a woman-led um, division, you know? of filmmaking but then if but then i would say we are the least well paid and so there's also that it's like we are more women you see more women but um traditionally we're less paid than production designers which are traditionally men and so there's that you know so we still have a really long way to go i think people are more aware but again it's top down so like businesses big studios, they have to change how they hire. Um, but I do know that a lot of costume designers have tried um, as an effort, and I have too, to diversify our departments. So we hire a more diverse department in our way. So that's our contribution. But in terms of like how your staff for a film or a TV show, that is something that's on producers, on studios to really make that change, but then also to trust that when you make that change, to trust the people that you're hiring. Mm -hmm. 
It's interesting. I actually hadn't really heard too much about the pay gap with costume designing, but it's not even surprising, which is sad. Um, so, yeah, as you're saying, like even even having a director, even if they do get a female director, yeah. like, it it still lies in the hands of the godly executives. Like yeah. that is, at the end, that's where the power is. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But it's, it's, it's great. Yeah. Sorry. Go on. Yeah. No, no, no. But then it's like, do they hire women executives? And but then are the women's executives empowered to make calls like that? You know. Or so, is it just yeah. for show? Mm-hmm. So it is, it's, it's hard, but you know, change takes time. And so um, we've already made, uh, I think, uh, a good progress, but again, it true change to where power is divided is hard, you know. Mm-hmm. I guess, especially with a costume design, e- even though it's such a vital part of filmmaking, because it is. Yeah often seen as a women's department uh, mm-hmm. it's often like oh I can dress them as well it's just putting clothes on right yes I think that's the mentality you've hit the the uh, nail on the head it is that like people think I could put on two pairs of pants so I could dress this person but it's a skill you know we're reading people we're like uh, one of my assistants had this great line he says we're a cultural anthropologist you know so it's not a skill that everyone has and if you're good at your job, it's definitely not a skill that everyone has, you know. Now, um, you worked, you did the reshoots for Birds of Prey, right? Is that, is yeah. that it? Um, so do you want to tell us about how you got involved with that project? What was like working, working on the set uh, with Kathy? I don't know how much you worked with Aaron as well, but uh, tell us about how you got involved with the project and what your role was about. Well, Erin did an amazing job at designing the, the whole thing. Um, Kathy is also super cool. <laughs> um, and um, I was recommended for it. And um, I thought it was a great opportunity because, you know, even though I've done big TV, I haven't done big movies. And so I always sort of wanted that experience, you know. Um, and that process was, I think, it was it was pretty great because we're just designing sort of like the um, the fight sequences of all that. And I traditionally really love, um, I don't know, like stunts because it's problem solving. So you're trying to get them to look a certain way. Uh, but there's all these sort of um, restrictions. And that's like a part of the fun of designing something like that. Um, but I, you know, Kathy had such a strong point of view um, about how she wanted that movie to look. And I think it really pays off because she didn't want it to look traditionally like marble. She really wanted outside of the box costumes um, and she wanted it to be iconic in a different way, you know? And I think um, in many sense, it really achieved that. And she also really fought for, you know, 50, 50 hiring. So if you're hiring this much uh, of uh, women uh, casts, you know, if you're hiring this much of men, you're hiring this much of women. And I think it shows, you know, on screen, her really doing that. Um, and I think, you know, just in terms of that film, it was really great to have a, a person who's directing it that has such a fresh point of view that really lets Erin like do her job, but also me do uh, my job. Um, and again, it's like this connection of females being like, we're kind of sick of women looking a certain way, you know, to, uh, or discuss in a certain way, I think, or 
you know, um, that type of thing. Because I, you know, with Marvel, I feel like there's a certain audience to that, you know, and so that's why they're designing that way. And with Birds of Prey, it's like the audience has been expanded because it's like a smaller contained universe, you know? And so I think that's why it gets to be like different. Uh, with your work on Birds of Prey, um, obviously Harley Quinn's such an iconic character. Did you feel pressure taking that role on at all? Um, no, because when I got to it, um, you know, they already designed Harley's uh, clothing. Um, but... I don't know. I just felt like she looked so different than she looked in Suicide Squad. And, you know, I think just to be a part of something that had that perspective uh, was so amazing. You know, um, it was like she was funner. She was like tongue in cheek. You know, it wasn't just about like, is she sexy? And she's like Joker's girlfriend, you know. Um, and I know that, you know, um, they wanted all the women to have like practical shoes. I mean, like in what world, you know, uh, Marvel world do women have practical shoes you know yeah yeah I mean I was watching an amazing video by oh I can't remember the name of the YouTube channel but I'll link it down below that was analyzing Harley Quinn's costumes both from comics Suicide mm -hmm. Squad and then Birds of Prey and seeing how you know it just is so different because as you're saying in the beginning um even when you often have superhero moves even if they do have a woman in there they won't be dressed for the women they will be dressed for the male audience they will be dressed within a male gaze and suicide squad i mean she's walking like a half ripped bikini half of it you know and <laughs> yeah. and i was reading this interview and margaret Robbie was talking about you know feeling uncomfortable and even like self-conscious in it um and so it's so important. And it's just like, as you said, it's just fun. The outfits are fun and funky yeah. and they just shine. She shines the character. Mm -hmm. It just seems so like the whole movie is about her finding herself and starting doing things for herself, not yeah. for others, not for Joker, but for herself. And you can really see that in the costumes. Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, but again, that goes back to a female director. If they didn't have it, it, it wouldn't be the same. And also, I'm not saying that male directors, in a way, I feel like it's, that's why you need diversity, right? Like if you're really going to talk about it, because you're trying to tell complete stories. So women directors will try to tell complete stories of the women experience. Uh, Asian directors, uh, black directors minority directors in general like they try to tell a more complete story you know and that's why you do need to diversify not only the directors and the actors on screen but everyone else below the line because it's sort of like you fight harder for the things that someone else might not fight hard for you know so and it's a pattern we see, like even with Wonder Woman, which was directed by Patty Jenkins, a woman. And yeah. then uh, with Justice League, which was the ensemble where Wonder yeah. Woman was also in, directed by a man. And then suddenly yeah. all the Amazonians go from having a good armor to uh, metal bikinis. You know, it's just yeah. like small things. And you're like, interesting, interesting. Yeah. I thought we had established something here, but I guess yeah. not. Yeah. No, it's just exactly that. And, you know, a lot of those um, superhero movies, you know, their concept designed before the costume designer even gets in there. Like there's concept people designing a year before you start, you know? And so I think that makes a difference too, is like then the costume designer is fabricating something that's already drawn. And, um, you know, it's hard to change 
perspectives once that starts going, you know? And so I, I do think you need diversity sort of in every step because you need checks in every step to think, is this the best like we can do, you know? Um, also, um, I don't know much about costume design, so this is really fascinating to me. So yeah. I'd like to know what a day in a life of your job is and, you know, how many people are in your team? Like, who do you go to? Um, just everything. Um, well, um, I mean, your team depends on like what type of show you're doing. Uh, the show I'm doing right now, we have a really big team because we're doing uh, period design you know but mostly the core group on a team is like i would have a costume supervisor there would be an assistant designer um then you'd have it's gonna like you're, you're gonna have a key you have tailors you have set people so so it's like costume designing is like it's a family it's a crew it's all these people coming together to give you their best work you know and i think that's one of the parts that i like because it's like these people who individually are so good at what they do, they're giving you input. And then the final product is not only your job, but the accumulation of everyone's jobs. So that's amazing. Um, you know, in, in terms of my day, it's like, it's different every day. I think that's why I like it. Projects are different every day. Um, so you like break down the movie, you have fittings with actors, you know, you show pictures to directors, you uh, make things. Uh, before everything, you know, that's all before anything goes to set, you know. Um, but there's also, and I can't stress this enough with costume designing, it's like a very old craft, you know, like it's been around forever since the silent movies. And so like, you know, it's to constantly learn how to do, be, be better at your job, like read people better, you know, like how to deal with producers better, but also a big part of it is like running your crew, like management. It's, I bet people don't even talk about that. Like a big part of a successful costume designer, someone who gets hired over and over again, it's not only your skill and your talent and your aesthetic choices, but also, um, how well you manage a staff, you know? So you're like, no one talks about like the boss ladiness of costume design, but it's a, mm -hmm. it's a big part of it, you know? Yeah. You're running the whole department. Yeah. And everyone's wearing clothes, you know? <laughs> <laughs> you know, you also have to manage budget. It's like, it's, it's a whole encompassing thing that you have to divert your attention to. So, but also, you know, with costume design, it's different than styling and all that stuff because your clothes can't break when it goes to set filming different sequences like with stunts or if they get wet or something happens like you have to do multiples of something so it's like it's the considerations and all the sort of details that go into it it's a lot more than what people think and it's a lot more than what people print because people like to print about the pretty clothes right but they don't print about like the skill of the people behind it you know so when you're doing uh, making clothes for stunt work, do you obviously there's a lot of risk with what you say, like ripping and all that. So do yeah. you have doubles of everything when you go into that? Well, with stunts, it's like, so it depends. Like there's a thing. So it's like if, if something happens, so you have the hero outfit, which is what the actor is wearing, right? And then this is kind of boring, but if you, if you, but it's like, but then you have, um, then if the actor is doing the stunt also, so it depends on what the stunt is. Sometimes they have to wear harnesses that you have to build the clothes or make clothes a little bit bigger to hide harnesses. So if they're doing it, they'll have their clothes, they'll have, you know, um, 
they're, then uh, their stunt clothes and then their stunt will have another set of clothes. Um, but it, you know, stunt clothing depends. Like if you're doing Mission Impossible and Tom Cruise is doing the half of the movie in the same clothes, they'll have 16 sets of that exact outfit for different things, riding motorcycles, jumping off buildings, harnesses, you know, their stunts will have uh, bajillion things, you know, sometimes um, when you have a woman, the stunt is a man. So it's like, how can we do her outfit? to a man, you know, Birds of Prey, they did that. One of the people riding the motorcycle was the man. And uh, it's sort of like, how do you get the the female clothing onto a guy? So it looks like seamless, you know, like those are the things that you have to like think about. Um, oftentimes with children, if they're, if there's a stunt or something, it's usually a woman, you know? So how do you hide that they're a woman and make them look like a child, you know? So it's all that type of problem solving. It's really interesting. Like, I, I was, I remember I was doing like some uh, research on um, stunt uh, and stunt work because I think it was like episode five. We were talking with a violence designer. Um, and so, and, and I was just researching and just things I hadn't realized before, especially with women's outfits, you know, because a lot of them are so scantily clad. Uh, it's much more difficult to protect. Um, how's your experience with that? Like, does that go into your mind when, especially for action sequences? Um, how big of a part is that? Well, for action sequences, there's two things, right? Sometimes, um, depending on the actor, sometimes you, you know, when I read a script, I break it down. So I'll be like, that is definitely an action a stunt person. So you'll try to protect them as possible. Like maybe we could give her long sleeves so then they could hide the pads, you know, like maybe we can make the pants a little bit bigger so they can hide thigh pads, you know, like maybe not a midriff because, you know, there's, um, you, you know, like a harness. But say it's something iconic, like um, say it's a Harley Quinn character where they are scandally clad, but there are stunts. Then the stunts will work around the costumes. So they'll tailor the stunt to what the costume is able to do. So there's also that. Um, so it it just it just depends on how important that outfit really is, you know. And you know, it depends on the director too. So if the director really wants that costume and she's in a bra and bikini top and they have to do this thing, then stunts will figure out how she could do it, you know. Um, so it's like that that type of thing. Sometimes, you know, if they're scandally clad, they'll just uh special effects paint it out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, gosh. This is so interesting. I feel like these are things people just don't talk about. Um, Even so. we had an episode with a costume designer and she was amazing, but we didn't speak about the management or, you know, the problem solving. So I'm, yeah, so I think our listeners are going to learn a lot about this. Like, <laughs> I think costume designers are underrated. Yeah, but also, you know, going back to American Horror, we did so many stunts. So I could tell you how to do every blood gag how to cut anyone's throat to make that look, you know, real. We, cause we work on AHS, we worked with prosthetics a lot, hair and makeup. I could tell you how blood comes out of a neck and what you have to dress for that. Um, so it was, that was like really fast education. I think that's why, you know, when I go forward doing stuff, I'm not scared of anything because I've seen literally every stunt, every blood gag done in the whole entire universe just by working on AHS. And you were in a hotel that season. Yes, I did hotel. And that's like blood everywhere. So yeah. Yeah. It was 
<laughs> it was blood everywhere. Um, but it's it's a kick-ass education. I recommend it for anyone. It is fast. It is furious. You are problem solving all the time. Um, you got to keep your head on your shoulders uh, when it comes to that. Yeah. Now, uh, something completely different from blood and stunts. Uh, Holiday, the new Emma Roberts rom-com from Netflix, uh, directed by John Whitesell. Um, it's a very different style from both uh, American Horror Story and like the explosivity of Birds of Prey and other projects. Now, you were talking about the contemporary works. Was that what, what was it that drew you to this project in particular? Um, well... You know, um, I was working with the producer and they recommended me for this film. I thought it would be interesting. And, you know, I've always thought working with Emma might be great. Um, but it was a very, um, it was written by a woman. So it was a very, you know, sort of, I think there was a lot of jokes in there that, and I also like how they wrote Sloan because she was, she was kind of like, not nice. And I kind of, And, you know, for me, when I read characters like that with a woman, I was like, oh, she's not nice. I want to do this film, you know, because I'm tired of being like nice, you know? Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, but uh, for me, it was just it was just really fun. And like I said, I like doing contemporary. Uh, it just like depends on like sort of what it is, whether I find like my voice being useful in that, you know. And so um, I think it attracted me that it was. But, but also like I grew up with rom-coms and I love rom-coms. So I was like, this is a great opportunity to like do one, you know? Uh, but I also don't want to, it was like, then I could really be like, I don't want to dress this girl like other rom-coms do, you know? Because one of my biggest things about rom-coms is like, why are all the women, like when they're sad, they look like pieces of shit. And then when they're happy with a man, they are, they have a completely different wardrobe. That doesn't make any sense. No woman I've ever met goes out and buys a complete wardrobe because she's met a man. That's like so scary, actually. What a psychopath, right? And so um, so I think I wanted to be like, she already has a good sense of self. She knows what she wears. It's just that when she's sad, you reach for your sweats and your comfort clothes. And when she's happy, she reaches for the other stuff. But like with Sloan, I really wanted to be like, she's not different, you know? Um, because in the script too, and that's the thing also with writing, it's like the script, it doesn't show her as someone who would visually look different really when she finds a guy or not find, find a guy, you know? Um, also, you know, I really wanted to, um, I don't know. I think I enjoyed also doing like all the other women in the script because I feel like you should, I should have a chance to like diversify the different types of women that are on screen, you know? Um, and, you know, doing all the holiday costumes was really fun. <laughs> uh, Kristen Chenoweth, who played her aunt, was like so much fun in costume. I really wish that they had um, taken more shots of her because everything was like completely custom made. But I also like doing that too. It's like, uh, it's like I, I, I come from a very feminist view when I design for women, but then like, I love dressing strippers and like dressing people who are like uber, uber feminine, you know, like that type of thing. I think it's like, it's like the sides of women that I really like, like, you know, so. You said you're a huge fan of rom-coms. Do you have a favorite rom-com? Oh my God. Um, I really like my best friend's wedding and uh, how to lose a guy in 10 days is one of my favorites. Um, actually, my husband and I have been watching 
so many rom-coms <laughs> since COVID. Because, <laughs> um, uh, you know, you're kind of sad, so you want But, you know, it's so funny because when, now when I watch rom-coms, I was like, there's so many problems, like, script-wise with how these females are written. But then it's like, it's from your childhood, so you, like, really like it, you know? So it's like this conflicting, like, two sides of your brain. It's like, should I like this? And then the other side of your brain is like, no, you should not like this. <laughs> um, but I think you could always, you know, in this profession sort of make a twist on, on, on things that are older, you know, to fresh, to freshen them up a little bit. So. Yeah. I hope Bromcom makes a comeback. Like, I feel like they were gone for like a little decade, but then we got Love, Simon, we got Crazy Rich Asians. Then what was the Keanu Reeves one? I don't know. It was really good. I feel like in recent in the past like three years we've just gotten a couple more and I feel like oh we might be easing back into it maybe we'll get some better less problematic tropes in here uh, and <laughs> women who you know act like women um, yeah yeah no, definitely. but also with all the streaming services I feel like rom-com because they recognize that people are still watching rom-coms I don't know about box office because box office now has been like what's the franchise that we could make and there's less and less sort of that middle budget for film, you know, but that's where the streaming services are coming in. Mm-hmm. I mean, we'll have to see what happens with theater, theaters after yes. all of this in general. So, uh, but streamings are definitely the future. So, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. No, definitely. Now, uh, just some questions like, uh, for people who are interested in costume designing, who either want to get into it, just like, you know, ha- have a passion for it. Are there some movies that you would recommend that they watch or some way you just like point out and just like, you know, look at, look out for the outfit. So is it just a general thing of paying attention to how characters are dressed and the details within it? Um, I would say any Coen brother movie designed by the famous Mary Zofries, uh, very good contemporary costumes with like a, twist that is really really hard to do um i would say if you're looking for fantasy watch any movie that's designed by Iko ishioka because um who did the cell and she did farm strokers dracula and um because she comes from a production design point of view and so she is extremely cinematic and extremely iconic um you know, uh, Michael Kaplan's another good one. Um, he's a costume designer. So if you look up, he did Fight Club. He does all the new Star Wars movies. Uh, but any of his movies are so excellently designed. You know, of course, there's the usual any movie designed by Colleen Atwood, Sandy Powell, who does uh, Martin Scorsese movies. Um, but I think my biggest thing that I do that I think helps out is like I would take several movies let's say they're all the same time period and i would look at exactly how different the costume designers would do them and then i would look at what is the perspective of the director for that movie and how it compares to the perspective of the director for this other movie and why they look different you know and i think that really helps you in sort of understanding tone and it's studying the nuances of costume designing versus oh, it's just kind of pretty close because then you could be like, oh, this director wanted 
a lot of colors and you know high key and this is why the costumes look like this this designer this director wanted this and that's why it looks like this so I will look at movie as a whole and then sort of compare them you know like a Tim Burton to a Snow, uh, Snow White and the Huntsman like why do they look different what are those perspective why did Colleen Atwood do this versus when she had a chance to do this with another director you know so I think those type of things are very important um, but also, like art, like films, um, do your research, be, uh, be an arty person, be engaged in your life, you know, um, like music, because you know what, when you're costume designing, directors will throw out all sorts of things at you, references from music to paintings to other directors' films, uh, you have to be sort of well aware of where their influences are coming from to be able to speak that vocabulary and be good at your job. And finally, we always ask our guests, um, do you have any woman who inspire you that you'd like to shout out with um, either personally or professionally? Um, well, I would say I've had a lot of women who has helped me in this career and um, really um, believed in me. And that's another thing. It's like, you wanna have mentors that really believe in you and are giving to you. My first mentor was Deborah McGuire um, because she, she was just a badass person and she was a badass um, businesswoman on top of an extremely good designer. And I learned from her to know your worth, do not take or negotiate deals you know, that is not based off your worth, which I think is very important for women to know, because I think over and over again, you are made to feel that you're not worth what you are contributing. Um, I would say um, another designer that really influenced me is April Ferry, who did big films and taught me that anything is possible. Um, and she was also older and she just really believed in me, you know. Um, but also Lou Eirich, who mentored me and, you know, gave me my first, one of my first design jobs on American Horror Story. Um, but like, who really taught me how to be a good, good designer, you know. Um, but I think it takes all these sort of women in your life to get you to where you are, to really believe in you, to, for you to see yourself as someone who could accomplish whatever you want, you know. Lastly, is there anything you want to plug or promote uh, stuff where people can find you on? Um, I mean, I'm really horrible at promotions. Uh, that's actually one thing that I'm not very good at. Um, you know, coming from uh, a traditionally Asian background, you're always taught to like, just do your hard work, you know, but maybe I guess watch holiday and then watch my other projects that are coming up that I'm super excited about, but I can't say because I signed a huge, uh, NDA for, um, but they are, very, it is very exciting. Um, but I hope that people really get a sense of how cost of designing really works and how much hard work and, um, that it takes to really good at it, you know? Um, I, I do have a final question. We can cut out the, if doesn't like the end, um, Honestly, I just want to ask your advice. Um, so lately I've been doing um, directing fashion ca campaigns and I'm just starting to get into music videos. And I, I'm, um, a lot of rappers are coming and asking me to do videos. And when, you know, I ask what they want, they say, 
you know, I want like bad bitches in my bikinis. And obviously me, obviously I want women empowerment. I don't want, you know, these models to be the accessory to the, the men. Um, but how do I, I don't, how do I dress models like sexy if I don't want to portray that? If, does that make sense? Can I do yes. both? I'm kind um, of Well, I think there's two things to this. Um, it's like, you know, I remember when I was first starting out and you're just grateful for a job. And so you're, you can't use your full voice because you want the job, right? And so that is a hard aspect of it. As you get on with your career and people start knowing you, you could say whatever you want after, you know? Um, I would say then just be like, because I think when people give you references, they don't know. So just think, they don't know clothes, you know clothes. So just, so that's, it's teasing it out of them, right? you want bad bitch bikinis, but is there a, a theme to it? You know, like, is there a theme to the way you're dressing? Is there a theme to the way they're dressing? So it does help. I would also say people are very visual. They're not very good at explaining things to you. No one is. I would guarantee it. No one is very good at explaining things to you. So you get the images that you like, like that's where images come in, get the images that you like and show them, be like, I have this concept for this music video or talk to the director, you know, and this is how we could dress the girls to look more like this, you know, and have like a theme, a motivation, something behind it where it's just not bikinis. Now, I don't know if it'll always work because sometimes they'll just come back to you and go, I just want bikinis. And, you know, you're starting out, you might just have to do it. But I would guarantee that as you get more and more on with your career, you'll find people who don't want the girls in bikinis and you'll work with them and you'll have a voice that they will give to you because they trust you. So it's not going to be like this all the time. I would say fight the good fight, but also, you know, it's your career. So do you do what you have to do? Um, but um, in the future, you will be more selective on the people that you work with and you will not be dressing bikini girls. I know it's, I'm like this is so conflicted because obviously I want to further my career but like it kind of goes against everything I like going but even when it, you watch these like I know if you compare like Cardi B that's a say you know when you watch her you know you do feel empowered and she wears you know very like hardly anything but then you watch like girls in you know maybe a, a male rapper's video and it's not empowering at all so maybe do you think it also depends on like the narrative Yes, it's the narrative. Um, I mean, obviously she's empowered. She's wearing the clothes to be empowered. So that's a narrative. But if you look at it, her styling is like very specific, right? There's a there's a specificness to it. That's why I was saying, like, if you want to avoid that, be like, yes, I could give you sexy girls, but this is also what I could give you and give him visuals and be like, I could dress them this way. They're still sexy, but they have a narrative. And I think, you know, it might help you with that conversation and also might help you feel better but again if it's early on in your career do what you have to do and but you will definitely have a voice later you know okay thank you that's actually helped a lot because it's been on my mind so much but thank you <laughs> no I think that's really good it's also just talking about bad bitches huntress from birds of prey oh my god like <laughs> it's such a great outfit but it's not like particularly revealing or anything but it's she's hot as fuck uh, yeah. Anyway, yeah, um, that's really cool and such good advice here. I'm sure people learned so much from this. Um, yeah.
Well, thank you very much, ladies. Thank you. It's been a pleasure speaking to you. I really enjoyed it. All right.